everyone, it's uh, Travis from 2219. I uh, just want to apologize for the audio quality in the following video. Uh, hopefully, I uh, have it fixed in the next video. Thanks. And again, I apologize. All right. Good morning, morning everyone. everyone. Welcome, Welcome to, to uh, the COVID, COVID conversation. conversation. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks to the, the title uh, idea from, from Cam, Cam, so we've upgraded the name a little bit. Today is Thursday, April 16th, 2020. Today is also day 107 since the initial uh, report of an outbreak in China was reported. Uh, and just to run through a couple of numbers, worldwide cases as of this morning was uh, 2,078,000 plus cases worldwide with 138,000 deaths. Uh, I won't go through all the numbers, but more for record spec. And then to bring it down to home numbers, um, as of this morning, Hamilton was reporting 276 cases in 10 and 10 deaths in the Hamilton region. Uh, this morning, my guest this morning is uh, a Dundas local, uh, resides and entrepreneur, uh, Dave. And I'm going to switch windows here and bring up Dave. Dave, if you would introduce yourself for everyone, please. Uh, hi, Travis. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Dave Machulis. Um, I'm a Dundas local, born and raised. Uh, parents moved here in Pleasant Valley back in 69 when I was born. And love Dundas and uh, have a few businesses. I guess I consider myself a bit of an ADHD serial entrepreneur. Um, but pretty much with marketing, um, I've done uh, Eat Here, Live, Eat, Shop, Dundas, just a little local publication for travel tourism. Uh, have a landscape design build company, which right now is temporarily on hold, but been operating that for 30 years. And also, I invested in the Red Door Kachina. I own that, but it's run by a fabulous team uh, headed by uh, Jackie Westaby. And I find myself uh, to keep busy. I'm the uh, pizza delivery boy in Dundas because I've pretty much offered myself to delivery for free during this tough time uh, that we're having at, uh, with uh, the COVID virus running around. But I pretty much stay at home. And if I get called out to do a delivery, it's just pretty much a porch knock and drop uh, or just uh, pretty much leave it on the front porch. So I'm not really seeing people, but um, I yeah. am happy to help the, the community. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I was, I was thinking, thinking earlier when I was wondering what I was going to bring, bring up talking with you, and, 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 and that's, that's how we met was through the Red Door. Yeah, um, if, if I remember correctly, um, your son Tyler had started it, take, or mm -hmm. taken it over, um, and there was an article in the newspaper that was really cool that um, someone his age, how old was he at the time again? He was 19 at the time, very inspired to roll dough for the previous owner. And uh, when he told me that he was very passionate about making pizza, I thought, wow, my 19-year-old just used the word passion, like something that really inspired him. So it inspired me that when the former owner was selling, uh, Tyler asked if he could borrow the money. But I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll buy it. You, I don't know anything really about rolling pizza, but I do love outdoor cooking. Uh, when I was building and designing, I was always a bit of a foodie. And uh, so as we... Uh, launched uh, with Tyler kind of spearheading things at that time. Uh, yeah, I just found myself getting immersed into the marketing side of it and promoting side of it and building up a bit of a catering um, 
part of the business and Tyler was running that until he decided he found the food business very, very tough. And he was always a hands-on guy, so then he wanted to get into construction. So yeah. he kind of stepped out. Um, we had a manager step in, and uh, Jackie Westby is spearheading the Red Door Kachina for me now very successfully. And, uh, yeah, we're just uh, love making food for the town of Dundas. Nice. And, and, and that's, that's how, how I got, got to meet you, was I was impressed by the article and, and Tyler starting it, so I, I wanted to photograph him and take some photos and stuff, which led to meeting yeah. you, because um, some weirdo wanted to take pictures of your kid in his restaurant, so we met and had like a, an interview sort of thing, and that's how our relationship started, and it's kind of branched off with the Eager Dundas and a couple other things, so... I mean, there were some epic photographs that you take in, uh, while we were partnering, uh, just, and I say that in a, in a service sense was our, we're providing our services through the, uh, brewing company, local brewing company. You came and took some epic pictures of Tyler in action. And, uh, as we started posting those, it, it, it gained a lot of, uh, attention and yeah, um, yeah. Cheers to thank you to your photography skills that really kind of helped us along in the menu that uh, you took photograph food photographs so yeah thank you thank you um, so yeah so uh, you know you kind of touched on it a bit how how the COVID nineteen has affected uh, your life a little bit um, mm -hmm. you said the landscape business shut down the advertising business has basically shut down. Um, and that was, I, did, it, did it slow down? Like for me, um, I was working for Matt Hayes at the detailing place, uh, car detailing. Um, and we had our last two cars the day before the government shut us down, but the phone had already stopped ringing for us. Yeah. Yeah, for us, uh, well, let's say with the marketing side of the business, as you know, we we were publishing uh, Eat Here, Live Shop, Dundas. Um, and normally in uh, February, March, there's a lot of the renewals that happen with a lot of the service businesses. Most of them are in the food business. Um, but what was happening was I didn't even think to even approach anybody because I was watching how it was affecting our community on a small scale before the, uh, just paying attention to the news and realizing that there's a possibility that, um, things might really develop differently. So I kind of stepped back for a bit and waited to see what was happening. And as soon as the government announced that they were, you know, closing non-essential businesses, I, uh, I basically formulated an email to all the um, advertisers and said, listen, we're going to just put this publication, the, the spring publication on hold to see what's happening right now. And, yeah. and hopefully we can have our sights on the fall issue. I don't know about that, but I just kind of stepped back and didn't really think about travel tourism at the moment. I was thinking about how it's affecting my primary business, which as a landscape contractor design, I'm a certified designer and, and love building, working with my hands, been doing that for 30 years. When I got the announcement from the government that we were considered non-essential and literally in the middle of doing three residential jobs in Dundas, um, realizing that my financial pipeline is going to be cut off, um, I had to also think about what was going to happen with the other business being the red door, but that was considered essential. Yeah. So at this point, even though I don't get paid by that company, I, uh, I want to make sure that it's thriving. So I've taken some stance to 
help with marketing, help with being a free delivery boy. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, my construction is I'm not doing anything. So while I'm at home, I have the ability to stay physically fit. I like working out. So yeah. I kind of spend about an hour each day doing something to keep my body in tune um, out there doing some gardening, yardening, gardening. The workouts. Um, I, I, I was doing, doing great the first week doing, doing workouts inside and then I fell, fell off the wagon for motivation and, it, and then, then it was hard to get back back into it. How have you found your motivation for, for slugging away working out and stuff? Uh, well, I guess I've always been a, a glutton for punishment. You know, I love that sore feeling that you get the next day. And um, so for me, it was always about, uh, because I was in construction, I was always staying physically fit. Uh, but what I've just really done is I sleep well, I eat well, and dedicate myself to at least four to five times out of the seven days to do something. You know, it, it might alternate. I might do my legs. I'll do my chest or arms and you know, I'm not out to get big. I just want to stay lean and fit. Yeah. And I, yeah. I feel the motivation is just saying, hey, I'm getting healthy. And it's something that I'm able to do every day. Uh, and uh, I continue to do so. Uh, but uh, um, while I'm also feeling a little bit of a busy body, and I, I do like getting out when I get a call from the Red Door about doing a delivery, I pretty much jump to my car, but I go with mask and rubber gloves and I go and I pick up the food order and then literally we basically tell the customers within the, the residents of Dundas is that Dave is coming by to do a knock and drop. So I basically knock or ring the doorbell, leave the food on the front porch. And as I enter into my car, they're usually opening up the door saying thank you. And it's nice to see a smile on somebody's face. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of people that um, still do require food, but maybe, you know, the delivery fees or fees that are through some of the um, app deliveries people are paying for i'm doing it for free a bit of a pay it forward because i'm so thankful that the entire staff at red door is able to stay employed in fact we just had a new hire uh one of jackie's relatives uh we were able to hire her on uh as a you know as many hours as she wants so her sister-in-law julie is now working for us and so jackie and adrian and julie now so i, I didn't have to lay anybody off but nice. I do enjoy getting out there. And um, now we just, uh, because uh, we are a few left open for food business, um, uh, I'm thankful that our sales have gone up, but also the phone's gotten busy. So I've done a custom online ordering while I'm sitting at home. I found a, an app that allows me to do things for free. Uh, so I was able to launch an online ordering system so that people weren't frustrated answering the phone or trying to get through to us on the phone. Right. So I find myself to be keeping busy doing something for a business. And then uh, as we're also hearing some people that are having some issues with some food insecurities. I was going to uh, ask you about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, for, for me, um, so, so Susan, Susan went through cancer and current drugs, she's immune compromised. compromised. Uh, then, then there's also the fact that she's now, uh, her sister works at the hospital, so her sister has cut off her contact with their parents because she's potentially too high risk. Even though she's segregated, she's in IT, she's not frontline or anything like that, but she's still at the hospital. So she's not going. So Susan's going to take care of her parents. And her dad just turned 82, or sorry, 92 here uh, on the weekend. 
and, and stuff. stuff. So, so she's going, going there. there. So, so part of my paranoia with just don't, don't know is um, since, since the start, we haven't ordered in any takeout food. Um, I go to the store, I bring it all home, I have a little setup on the table, I'll segregate it, I bleach, wash with soap and water, absolutely everything that comes in the door from from the grocery store. Um, so yeah, I've been craving a pizza, but at the same time, I'm a little paranoid about yeah. Should well, I, I give a chance. It, so I give you some assurances because um, Jackie uh, and Adrian and Julia are all from households that are also practicing self isolation. They they are not socially going out. They're staying at home. So it's like home, red door, home. Um, and we've taken precautions in which every day uh, Jackie pretty much bleaches all the surfaces. We have Lysol wipes uh, at every station. We have rubber gloves, masks. So when somebody comes for a pickup order, uh, we don't allow them. No, no drivers from app delivery and no customers are allowed to enter our facility. Uh, so what happens with uh, either myself wearing rubber gloves and a mask, I bring the food out to a person's car window. They take it. They say bye bye, and and that's it. So we don't we don't accept cash. Yeah. Uh, there's no exchange of cash. It's all um, either e transfer or Visa. And as the staff are working around food, wearing masks, uh, and constantly cleaning, I think we have a, a pretty tight environment, uh, keeping it safe for all our customers. So we've had some frustrated customers that want to come in and order or pay cash, and I just say I'm sorry. And we had a couple people. Uh, loyal customers at first take the approach where they were frustrated and said, Oh, I'm not coming. If you won't let me pay cash or I can't come see the menu. And then about maybe four or five days later, they phone and apologize and said, Oh, I understand why you're doing this. And I am sorry that I was frustrated. Now they're ordering online. Now they're, some of them are sending e-transfers in advance saying, Oh, here's my order and what I want. Uh, because they now respect that we're trying to maintain a tight, safe environment for the community. And, right. um, and there's also the fact that everyone has gone to the same basic model. It's hard, hard to find a place that may take cash. Um, and there's no place you can go in now, for the most part, as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of our food suppliers, uh, so Fitz Wholesale, is one of our, for all our produce, we love fresh produce. Um, I sometimes uh, have to go there to pick up orders, um, you know, three times a week. And they've really got a tight seal on on uh, how they provide the food. I, I see one of the staff members that are outside with cardboard boxes as people are doing curbside pickup. Yeah, you know, they're wearing rubber gloves, wearing masks. You know, if you do enter the facility, let's say you want to pay with a credit card, um, Lysol wipes, rubber gloves, Purell, everything is there. Um, but, you know, they've been a great support for us. In fact, we even approached them because we realized that there are some people developing some food insecurities that uh, we're going to try to, well, not try, we actually are going to produce uh, hopefully about 20 to 30 free meals that will go to people that can't buy food. Uh, FIDS was one of the biggest sponsors to donate uh, close to 300 pounds of produce, which I go pick up on Monday. Nice, Jackie nice. is going to start a menu right now with vegetables. Um, we are going to be looking for a protein sponsor, maybe some chicken uh, or beef. But um, right now, if, if we can get sponsors to give us the food, Jackie and the team are on board to, on the days that were closed, 
to come in and produce the meals. And uh, we do have one contact of in downtown Hamilton at the Urban Core Center that uh, some homeless people that come there. Um, but it's not just for homeless people that don't have food. It's for anybody that is right now being drastically affected within our own community that if they call in to say, listen, I haven't gotten any financial support from the government or, you know, we're both laid off and we're waiting for our EI to come in and we're kind of low on funds that they can call in and we can supply meals. Okay. Um, and I mean, we, I don't know if I can feed the entire town of Dundas, but I'm going to do what I can to make a difference uh, because I'm thankful that my team is still being able to work. So I want to contribute some, pay it forward back to my community that has been supporting me yeah. uh, all these years in business. Nice. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I mean, I couldn't do it without the support of our suppliers and, Fids Wholesale, Steve at Fids was the first one to step up and say, Dave, absolutely. And he was 50 pounds of potatoes and 50 pounds of onions and 50 pounds of cabbage. And yeah. he says, come on Monday, I'll load up your car. Um, we're going to we're gonna start getting at it. So, yeah, that's just sort of the, the first thing that, um, that started this. I kind of got inspired by the Feed It Forward gentleman, Jagger Gordon, out in Toronto. He's doing that as well. And uh, somebody I know, and I called and said, you know, he gave me a few tips, and so uh, yeah, I just want to see how I can help our community to make a difference. That's, That's cool. cool. I'll, I'll, uh, maybe we'll, we'll maybe plan, plan to touch base with you, depending on how long we're in isolation, isolation in a month or two, and and see yeah. what's, what's new and changed. changed. Um, yeah, yeah, the fids. I was quite impressed. We did that. Uh, they post on Facebook that if you call, you can get a box of um, fresh vegetables for forty dollars, and it was it was so good easy um yeah i we soon called i went on the designated time and day i pulled up the guy kind of looked at me in my car and he's like are you here for a pickup and i'm like yeah it's okay and i hit the remote button for the trunk the trunk went up he put the box in he held his held his debit machine through the window i tapped it with my card um it was done i was it took longer to drive up there to dundas than it did to do the, the whole transaction and the quality of the produce was amazing. So I was very, very happy uh, with that. So um, I guess I'll have to call today if I want some for tomorrow. Um, um, yeah, that was that was perfect. Um, so we kind of talked. We talked about the work aspect um, at, at home. You, you know, you talk about working out and stuff. How how are you, you making it cooped up in, in the house? house? I guess you get a little more than I do. But. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, being so, well, and I, I consider myself a ADHD 51-year-old man, but I, I keep busy. But I, I've been doing things <laughs> like um, I had a, a pruning saw that I had 25 years ago purchased because I was tree climbing uh, in my early 20s. Uh, and I, it was kind of nostalgic to, to always hang on to this pruning saw. And it was rusty. One of those things that you look at and say, oh, okay, am I going to purge and throw it out? No, I just sat there and I hand sharpened each tooth. Nice. 41 teeth, uh, two sides, and it works good as new. So I'm keeping busy, like, fixing things. Uh, my wife wanted me to find a place to put the cast iron pan. So I, she found on Pinterest a little project to put up a panel board and black pipes to hang some cast iron pans. So I've, I saw that. Yeah, yeah that good. good. I'm building that and... and um, <laughs> Also, uh, love gardening. Um, you know, there's ever since I turned 50, I've, I've had a little bit of issues with some arthritis. 
I'm not really one to go to the pharmaceuticals, but um, uh, you know, there's uh, cannabis plants that are high content CBD. Uh, so I'm germinating some cannabis plants because we're allowed to now. So yeah. I'm I'm in the process of uh, germinating plants and growing avocado seeds. And nice. uh, uh, Lori and I take an opportunity to do some little project around the house to improve um, our our indoor and outdoor living lifestyle. So you know, right. chopping firewood for her little steel chimney and barbecuing and grilling uh, food in advance for the family. The kids are getting a little wiry. One of my children has been practicing self-isolation probably for about uh, 15 years. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he's about 21, and so this is the norm. <laughs> uh, but the other son is really bouncing off walls. He's been in the rebar union for a couple years now, and he just got laid off. And, uh, and he's kind of busting side to side and the walls wants to go out but we tell him listen like there's there's you know Lori's frontline working with drug addiction and health downtown Hamilton so we can't see her health get compromised so we're yeah. really putting a tight a tight um, um, ball and chain on on the uh, going out of the house so we do the best we can with that so even our dog we, we might take him for a little walk around the, the uh, subdivision but uh, we can't go to the dog park. Can't go to trails. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've, we've done, done the same. same. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not, not sure if George has gone outside since since the end of March break. Just just because yeah. you know we're in a apartment building, so she had friends down the hall. It's like, nope, can't. Uh, and a couple people here, they've they've actually re removed their kids from the building and put them with other relatives, so they weren't. They were concerned that with the density of people in the building. That, that might be an issue. Now, we're lucky we're right on the corner by an exit, so um, yeah. we kind of have our own our own exit kind of thing, um, mm -hmm. which is handy. But I've asked Susan, I said, yeah, don't don't go through the main door anymore. Don't let people talk to dogs. Because everyone in this building, the reason we're in this building is everyone has a dog, which was hard yeah. to find an apartment with, with dogs that were allowed. Dog access, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I find that Lori even, uh, she's gone back to a lot of... Uh, roots on uh, on her passion for baking so whether it's cookies and bread and so what's what i'm really finding on a positive note and i and i know it might seem a little contradiction there's a pandemic and there's a lot of fear but this covid 19 has really given us a, an opportunity to focus on family mm. uh, you know we're cooking meals together uh we're keeping conservatively on our finances where we used to go eat a lot you know local restaurants like thirsty cactus and the tula and the collins and the winchester you know we had our nights of wing night steak night yeah uh, we eat a night and now we're doing this all at home we're basically going to a lineup at the local dundas metro buy our groceries but now we're planning ahead to say okay i don't want to come back here two days from now i want yeah. to get a, a week's worth of supply and then we make a week's worth of meals and we even have the kids cooking. So like, you know, we, we all rotate. Lori will take one night to cook something, I'll grill something. Isaac might make chicken fajitas and Connor might make pasta. So nice. everybody's participating together in the in the household. Uh, we're, we're staying close to home and I'm really seeing, um, you know, uh, a little bit more union. Uh, and it's funny to say, it's sad to say that it wasn't there before. I mean. I was busy, Lori was busy, you know, the kids had their own social lifestyles and yeah. now we're finding that there's a little bit more in 
um, family nucleus that is thriving, and it, it took a pandemic to open our eyes to that. So but at least they're not killing each other. No, no, <laughs> not yet. I, uh, not, not yet. I think Lori, Lori's had enough though of uh, being quarantined. She's kind of hoping she can go back to her girl garage nights that she used to love to do. Right. She used to yeah. Girl friends, but uh, they used to get together and take turns in each other's garage but you know we can't do that they're actually we're doing zoom so so one of the things that so Lori has a friend in Sudbury and then one in St. Catharines uh one in Jarvis and one in Hamilton and they actually use um like FaceTime or Zoom to have their own girl garage nights individually isolated in their yes. own garages they're all you know smoking cigarettes and drinking white wine kind of group and yep. and they can't do it together anymore but they're using zoom uh me and my par business partners even though we're not actually working in construction once a week uh actually i think it's going to be tonight thursday nights uh we get on zoom and we talk about proactively what can we do to kind of keep the momentum going even though we're not bringing in income so we're thinking about starting a a garden education podcast uh, with all the horticultural knowledge, construction knowledge, and uh, arboriculture knowledge. Um, we've just recently discussed on how we should maybe just uh, offer some um, advice to the homeowners out there. I do that through my justaskdave.ca. Yeah. I have a social media line, and people are actually asking me about you know, how to start off some plants, uh, how to germinate vegetables, what are some of the best selections to consider for sustainability at home, you know, like root vegetables, stuff that you'll grow now that you can harvest and then have for long durations of time or be able to pickle or keep in a fruit cellar. So there's so many things that are this COVID-19 is, is really helping us uh, open our eyes to other possibilities rather than looking at it as a as an imprisonment. Yeah, well, when you can't sit still, you find things to do, right? So yeah, yeah. So you can only, I don't know. I, I've, I've, like I said, I was going through a funk. It was just, it was like TV and video games all day. It's like, oh, I can't, can't be yeah. bothered. And and uh, anyway, it, it it comes and goes for me. It's ups up the, with the ups and downs. Um, yeah. And so the wife, how's she making out with all this? Said well, yeah, you know, every day that she does have to go, I mean, she's pretty much in a hazmat suit at one of the locations there. Um, it's one of the, for mental health and um, injection sites. And so basically she's suited up and she's basically, that's still an essential service, uh, mental health and drug addiction. So Lori has been going every day, but, you know, her daily routine is she comes home and I leave a bag for her at the front door where she basically disrobes, uh, puts everything in a sealed plastic bag, immediately hits the shower and then back to bed. You know, she's <laughs> doing sometimes 12 hours back to back yeah. and her daily routine is uh, go help, go help our community with uh, the addictions, come home, sleep, repeat. Um, but on her days off, she's either baking or cooking or doing something uh, of crafts, arts and crafts to keep her mind busy and uh, same with me. Yeah, now she noticed on the addiction side of things, has she noticed because we're all cooped up and I, I would I would assume if you have an addiction being trapped in your house would lead to that becoming worse? Um, well, I guess the government still deems, uh, you know, some of the services out there like alcohol and, and the cannabis stores that are allowed to still sell online. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of the addictions of what 
I I haven't seen or or not really been exposed to is the opioids that are out there that have been really or crystal meth or some of the street drugs that I guess are still ongoing. Is there a rise in addiction? I don't know that answer. Well, I wasn't answer- thinking necessarily a rise in addiction, but a rise in in people who have an addiction succumbing to the addiction that's trying not to. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Like it, it, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I noticed my lifestyle differently is that, you know, as Lori and I would have our pub nights, you know, the different places we would go always, you know, having a, a gin and tonic or a glass of wine. That's not happening as frequently um, because the bars are not available to us. Um, you know, the, um, I, yeah, it's a really good thought about how the closure on the, the bar scene or the public bars is that uh, people reducing the amount of alcohol intake or, or addictive, you know, there's food addiction, alcohol addiction, you name it. It's out there. Is it being reduced? I, I don't have a strong opinion. I would kind of think just based on my lifestyle, yeah, there might be a reduction in many people's lives that don't have the accessibility to go to the bars as often. But then again, uh, our wallets are getting very tightened. I mean, my, my salary that I used to draw for my construction company, um, you know, even getting applying for the CHURB is, is really only one third of what I was used to earning as income monthly. So I'm really tightening the wallet. So, you know, yeah, no, no one's handing you tips for I, delivering pizzas either. Yeah. And, you know, going to the LCBO, I don't do as frequently because I, that's not essential for me to live. No. Eating healthy is. So, you know, uh, when I do go to Metro, I always make smart choices of stuff with long shelf life or something that I can pre- prepare immediately yeah. and see that my family can use. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, maybe we'll see some stats. I mean, this is all over, you know, what was the crime stats? What is the addiction stats? What are the uh, uh, um, new obesity stats? New obesity stats, yeah. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's uh, tough sitting sitting at home. It's like I'm bored. That means, yeah. I'm, that means I'm hungry. I go to the fridge. Well, you know, one thing I have seen that I haven't seen, I, I, I don't know if this is an exaggeration, but... My observation in my 30s, so 20 years ago or 21 years ago, what I didn't see a lot of um, was the amount of couples that are walking around together, neighbors that, you know, are, you know, one set of couples standing on the sidewalk, the other couples are sitting, standing on their front lawn or porch, and there's conversations. I'm driving around, you know, delivering pizzas on a weekend, and I'm seeing more people outside having social distancing conversations, yeah. walking their dogs. I'm actually seeing another neighbor, you know, that beanbag toss game called cornhole. I see, you know, families on the front lawn, like things that I hadn't seen in which there is more community um, interaction, but at a social distancing interaction, but people outdoors. Yeah. Uh, walking the sidewalk, walking their dogs, uh, playing a game on the front lawn. Um I haven't seen that before in a long, long time, and I see it around my subdivision. I live in the Watsons and Forest View area off of York, and I'm just seeing so much community interaction, but at a distance. And nice. it's it's pleasant. It's really nice to see. That's um, good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed um, yes, yeah, yesterday and the day before, I was in the Dundas Driving Park because I live just above it. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it's still open. Um, they've closed the roads though. Like my, my road where I am, they've actually put a road close sign at the bottom. Uh, but yeah, this last week, the driving park, uh, what seems to be a lot less people. And I think cause they've closed it to cars. Um, it's only the yeah. people that live within walking distance that now walk in the park. Yeah. Whereas two weeks yeah. ago or three weeks ago, um, especially it's three weeks ago, uh, the parking lot down the little strip was full of cars and while people were dispersed, yeah. the parking lot was full. Now there's no cars, uh, and very mm -hmm. few people, but you know, there's, there's a handful all well spaced mm -hmm. out and stuff. So, yeah. which is good. And you, and the, yeah. the kid, the kids are doing well. You said one's, one's doing okay. He's, hasn't come out his room in a month and the other one's going stir crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, trying to keep a handle on him, he'll, he likes to go out for walks or he'll, you know, be, um, you know, calling a friend up that will drive curbside and they'll have a chat on the front lawn or, you know, but, um, other than that, it's, yeah, the, it's been really a, a huge impact for the family, uh, kind of feeling like you're in, um, well, they call it quarantine, but, uh, you know, it's, it's more like house arrest. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, how old are your kids again that are home? Uh, so the remaining kids here in this household, between Lori and I, we had five together, uh, her two and my three. Uh, the older ones have moved out um, years ago, but uh, so remaining is a 19-year-old, uh, Connor, and a 21-year-old, Isaac, uh, are the two kids remaining here in the household. And I I would think, I was trying to think back, you know, if, if I was, what, what age would I be where this would just be unbearable? to not be mm -hmm. able to go outside. I think, look, my daughter's 11. She's coping very well. As long as she has her iPad or the TV, she's on YouTube yeah. watching stuff or whatever. Um, she's doing well. Um, yeah. uh, Susan and I are both doing well. You know, she, Susan's just over 50. I'm just under. Um, yeah. But yeah, at what age is it? 14? Is it 19? Yeah. At what age would this be just, just the most torturous thing ever to yeah. to be in and when i did uh aircraft accident investigations back when i was a flight instructor uh we did some behavioral attitude assessments and one of the the attitudes that always or usually led to accidents was uh anti-authority uh and resignation that you know it can't happen to me and if those are your strong attitudes that it's got to be really tough. It's like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. And, oh, well, it won't happen to me. I won't get COVID-19, which I think mm -hmm. is probably more prevalent in a, in a younger person than an older person, but, not, but at the same time, not necessarily. So. Yeah. Well, and I think it was an eye opener. And, and like I say, it wasn't so difficult for Isaac because Isaac does like to be in his room and he's, he's very versed in social media and gaming. So that's his lifestyle. But Connor, who is in the rebar union, still is in the rebar union, just not working. But he prolonged it um, because until they actually, you know, said it's an option not having to work because of your safety. Connor was one of those guys that said he watched the crew that, you know, maybe there were 30 guys showing up on a crew site. Uh, time rebar and over the weeks the numbers started getting smaller and smaller and smaller and when he was down to probably about 10 or 12 guys on his crew he came to me and said dad you know is this covid like really really that serious like i've watched you know 
coming to a crew site of 30 guys down to 10 or 12 guys. And I said, Connor, it's like, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be out there. Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're putting yourself at risk and you're putting me and Lori at risk, the rest of the family at risk. And so he made the decision obviously to, you know, uh, stand down. I, if boss was going to lay them off anyways, I guess, because yeah. everybody was looking at their health, but he was the last one to kind of decided to stay in for self-quarantine and, and did so. And, uh, you know, he finds ways to keep busy. I do keep the boys busy. I had like yard work. So some little trees that we had to take down cause they were congesting other trees. Uh, I basically put the ax and chainsaw on their hands, taught them how to do it. And they were out nice. there. The two boys came out on the weekend and they basically, you know, made a cord of firewood for me. Um, but that was to keep them busy. Uh, we have these greenhouse bubbles kits. Yeah. I was out there putting it all together. Isaac came out later to help. You know, it's um, finding stuff around the house that helps improve our lifestyle and makes things a little more sustainable. They're starting to get it. They're starting to participate. So it's getting their mind off of, oh, I can't go out and see my friends, go to a movie night, can't go to the gym, can't go to the bar, can't go see the girlfriend. You know, they're um, they're using their iPhones or Xboxes to have uh, communication with their friends. Yeah. So they're adjusting. It's a slow adjustment, but it's been been working. Yeah, and you were talking about him being at work, asking, you know, should he be worried? And I, I know, you know, my job, it's the owner or one other guy and myself. Um, the one other guy was in school. Uh, classes were canceled first before businesses were closed. Um, and, yeah, it was we were starting to get pretty paranoid about the whole thing in general because you know every time our phones would a new news alert would come up which seemed to be every 20 minutes we were like we'd all stop working and look at the latest news the latest numbers we'd talk about how scary the numbers were um yeah and then i know for myself i started getting a little paranoid about well you don't know if you have symptoms and people are bringing in their cars and then i'm climbing into your car and well by the by the time i'm done it's disinfected um, yeah. cause, cause we clean the entire inside at the same time, I'm climbing into your car that you've probably hacked and coughed into on your way over. Um, mm -hmm. so, I, so yeah, so I was getting a little paranoid about, paranoid about that. And I'm, I, I'm kind of glad that things shut down when they, when they did. Um, I'm mm -hmm. luck, lucky the government thing was applicable to me and, and kicked in and it was very painless to do. And, uh, easy to apply yeah. for and quick quick to get the money um frontline workers i don't know how they do it so I, i'm thankful they do do it because i would be like, well, scared doing it Lori yeah. admits that she's scared doing that uh, her sister is a paramedic uh you know i've been posting on facebook saying that hey thanks to these two ladies that are out there doing frontline work and even her sister is like i i'm doing it she's she's out there supporting the community <laughs> but um, she's scared. Yeah, she's scared. In it. Um, but so there's a lot of uh, appreciation I do have for our frontline workers that oh, totally. are continuing themselves at risk. Um, you know, although I should be up some hazard pay for those those people out yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't. Uh, what I'm about to say, I don't mean to diminish anyone's efforts or anything. But um, if you were a, a paramedic or a, a healthcare professional, to me there was before COVID-19, there was always a certain amount of risk associated with mm -hmm. being in your profession through other diseases and patients reacting funnily to medications or whatever yeah. their injuries. Um, 
and I appreciate what they do, but at the same time, it's people like the grocery store clerk who rings in my groceries that's there front and center and it's like, what did I sign up for? I'm getting minimal wage. Not not to say that healthcare professionals get more. They may know. I don't know. But I'm working at the grocery store and I'm exposed to everything. I was glad to see the Metro and, and the Fortino's local put up the, the screens and, and, and change some yep. of the procedures and stuff. But I would be really scared if I was one of those people. Yeah right there front front and center all day long and and i don't know no no choice like what do you do you can't quit your job necessarily so no no so uh cheers to all the frontline workers yeah totally there totally um a couple more questions for you what what um what so i'll ask as a two-part question uh what do you miss the most and when, when i ask that what what have you discovered you maybe took for granted before that you'd really like to have now that you can't? Um, well, I think it's the time that I've had for my own health. I mean, I, I've always tried to, you know, practice a healthy lifestyle when I was busily working and, you know, being involved in my primary business and dabbling with the other two businesses kind of in a social media support way. Um, I, I've always been a social person, so my Lori and I had our routine where we'd go visit the local um, food businesses and sit down and have a drink. And I guess I kind of miss the bartenders. Uh, we've had some great yeah. friendships with, you know, Jen or Janice down at the uh, Winchester Arms, or you know, uh, Ronnie and and Kathy down at the Thirsty Cactus, and Mike and his team at Petula. You know, always love to sit and have a conversation with some of the owners, um, you know, Art and Jamie and and their crew down at the Collins. Like, the, that was kind of like my social time going and, and talking to the people that ran those those places had, um, you know, meaningful conversation. It wasn't just about sitting at the bar drinking, but, you know, you're having some conversations, conversations about politics, conversations yeah. about family <laughs> conversations, that, just interactions that you have with all these people that work at all the food service businesses was something kind of uh, of a regular routine for me and Laurie, and we, we miss that. You know, Laurie would always be saying that the best whiskey sour in all of Dundas was made at the Winchester by Jen and uh, she's she misses those those times where she would come down and have one of those whiskey sours, but again, it was about um, community and interaction and, and socializing. So that was kind of one thing that we kind of missed. But um, it, being at home and uh, spending more time with ourselves, you know, making our meals, um, having conversations with the kids a little bit more in depth. Uh, those are some of the things that, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't making myself available being so busy, uh, with the businesses that I think there are many years that I've missed in the growing pains of all the, the, the children that have been living in our household, um, that it's taken an opportunity to say, wow, there's more reflection on, on day to day. Yeah. There's more conversation that I'm having with, uh, you know, Connor and Isaac that I hadn't had before being the remaining two i even now take more time to phone and interact with my mom and dad my mom would be like you know you don't call me in the middle of the <laughs> week now talking to my mom and dad probably about three or four times this week uh my daughter jessica and Lori's talking and we're talking with the kids down uh, 
New Zealand. Her daughter has uh, birthed us some grandchildren and, and uh, son-in-law. So there's a lot more interaction, I would say, with uh, people that we hadn't had time to do because we were so busy working. Yeah, yeah, we've we've reached out with a few more people. Um, um, you just brought up, I, I forgot to ask earlier, you, you mentioned your parents. How old are your parents and how are they coping with uh, all this? Uh, I haven't seen them in... I guess since March 15th was the last time I saw them. So just before they, they started talking about COVID-19 um, last, I was actually, uh, I actually brought my parents a pizza. Yeah. And because my dad loves to order, uh, um, you know, either a Tutti Carni or a Vesuvio. And uh, I think that was the last time I had a chance to have a conversation with them face to face. And so now it's just by uh, phone. And, um, so yeah, I guess that's been, uh, we're approaching over a month, a month yeah. now. Now are they on their own in their own house or what, what's their yeah. re residence like? Yeah, they're by themselves in, the, in Pleasant Valley. They, they live by themselves. They're, they're healthy. Uh, but yeah, um, dad goes out only when they need to, Yeah, you know, maybe pick up some groceries, but, um, you know, um, they are 80 plus and don't want to compromise their health by catching this COVID. So yeah. And, and they're there. I've, I've heard. So like my father-in-law, he's has dementia. So he doesn't really know what's going on. Um, but other mm -hmm. parents, it's like, it just, I don't want to say oblivious. That's not the right word, but more not really cognitive of what they should be doing and not fully understanding They're but they're obviously, aware of what's going on and paranoid and stuff and limiting what they do. And yeah, well, my dad's taking it very seriously. Being a man of science, he was a chemistry <clears> teacher <throat> in the, uh, Hamilton, uh, board of education for many, many years. He, when he retired, he, he's always kept in tune to what's going on in the world. And he was one that really educated me on how serious this COVID is, I guess, apparently, the, uh, you know, the surfactant layer in our lungs, it attacks that. So it, yep. it basically disables the ability to take in oxygen or air. And then osmosis brings the oxygen into your blood. He says that whole membrane layer, and it says gets shut down. So yep. it's, you know, it's so serious. So that's, and actually it was that bit of education that I gave my 19 year old. It, I think it was about two or three days later, he thought, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop working out, out in the field there. Um, because he realizes how serious it can be, you know, so, and they say it doesn't attack the young as often, but you know, you've heard of some deaths of a, what is it? A 15 year old or a 16 year old in, in London, yeah. Ontario. It yep. was, I'm not, I, I don't know if I have that correct on the age, but you know, and again, so whether you're in your teenage years or in your, in your eighties, I think it can affect everybody, uh, yeah, I have the stats here from, I'm pretty sure this is Hamilton stats. There were percentages by age groups. Uh, and I took the two younger groups and combined them from infant to age 19, 3% have it. Um, and then the two large, the largest one was, uh, again, two groups, but I combined it age 20 to 64 was 69% mm -hmm. of cases. And then 65 to 79 was 16% and then 80 plus was 11%. So, you know, 19 and under, obviously minor, but at the same time, not, not immune to it. So yeah. it's still yeah. a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we're, what are we at? 40, almost 50 minutes. So uh, one last question or last two questions. Um, mm -hmm. 
predictions? How, when are we getting out of the house? Any ideas? What do you think? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm following the contracting world right now. There's, um, I guess they're basically saying that, uh, you know, push it into the end of May. Now that's the hopefulness of the contracting industry that I'm in. You know, there's uh, Landscape Ontario kind of puts out, you know, every other day they're saying something different. Um, I guess it's really about making sure that the, the um, once they say that, oh, yeah, we've got a cure, because I don't know if they've isolated uh, this virus to develop the cure yet, I'm, I'm going to predict that probably this will be going on into the summer. Like, you know, maybe, maybe Canada Day we can all celebrate together in public places. That's what I'm hoping uh, for. Or even, even it'd be nice to be able to, um, I heard, I think it was Bill Gates. Um, I'm a fan of Bill Gates, so I'm biased to the things he says. Cause I think he's a smart man and he's well-versed and educated, especially in um, pandemic type stuff. And, and he's like, uh, w when we open up, if we do it right, we should be able to do minor social gatherings. So you'll be able to, or should be able to see your friends uh, maybe go to a restaurant, but larger scale things like concerts and sporting events should be totally forbidden because just too many people coming in that still may yeah. have the virus to spread it. Um, yeah. And then the minor get togethers are still uh, precedented on you've been tested, you show negative, the friend you're going to yeah. see has been tested, they show negative, and we're pretty sure we're not going to get, get or pass it along kind of thing. So uh, hopeful July 1st would be nice if we could have a little bit of yeah. a party or July 4th, depending on what side of the border you're on. But that's right. Um, yeah. Here's well, what and I guess it all depends on the developments of our healthcare system and the, you know, health ministry of health. And if they say, yeah, we've got something that can combat and fight <laughs> COVID-19 successfully, I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't lift the bans. Um, but right now, because they're working on it, trying to understand its complexity, I guess it's a, a virus that can mutate, um, which makes life a little scary. Um, I guess the thing for me right now is just staying healthy and staying safe and yeah. helping my community. Um, that's, I'm kind of happy actually. I, I, I mean, I know it might be a little contradicting, but um, I'm, I do miss being out there and especially with these homeowners who, you know, we were in the midst of pool restorations, so we have backyards that are ripped up and pools that can't be used. And, you know, and we keep in touch with our customers and they, they say, Dave, we totally understand. We're, we're not, you know, we're, we are a bit sad that we're looking at our backyard and it's upheaved and we can't be yeah. out there. Uh, but we totally understand about safety, so that puts me at peace of mind. But um, I'm in no rush to get out there and, and finish everything unless it's, you know, the government saying that it's hundred percent safe too. We did put our own company policy in place, which we just sent off. One of my business partners sent off an email, um, uh, to our MPP and said, if there is some lifting of this, the practices that we, we rewrote a company policy in which, uh, no more than three employees would be at a job site, all taking separate vehicles. We would we would finance and supply all the gloves, masks, uh, Purell, Lysol wipes, um, and maintain social distancing. With landscaping, you can maintain two to three meters, especially if one is in one machine, another is in another machine, and another one's running a wheelbarrow. Um, so we had actually developed a policy and a practice of creating a safe work environment, even renting 
portable bathrooms with hand wash stations that would be brought to job sites uh, for the resident. Because, you know, a lot of times our guys would be like, oh, I'm good to hold it until 10 o'clock and I'll run to a Tim Hortons, get the guy's coffee and use the bathroom. Well, that can't happen anymore. So yeah, yeah. We, we are prepared. So if the government did say, yeah, go ahead and, and go back to work, we are still going to enforce that policy among our, our crews to, at the short term take separate vehicles, uh, or one would take a work truck with all the tools and the other two would take their own personal vehicles and get paid mileage. So these are the things that we're prepared to do um, and and are safely able to continue working once the, the ban is lifted. Yeah, so for you it's just a matter of being allowed to go back to work because you, you could do it and still maintain the, the status quo. Yeah. Right, that's good. So that's cool. um, and in the meantime, I'm just going to be... You know, making homemade foods and uh, keeping the boys busy and keeping myself fit as a fiddle as I as I can. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, anything? Do you think uh, a little bit of future foretelling? Anything we're doing now? Do you think we'll we'll carry through? Uh, um, Rob and Cam and I were talking about things, things like the handshake. Um, like I, I decided to stop shaking hands. I, I, a little paranoid. Maybe I'll never shake anyone's hand again. We'll see. Um, but anything that we're doing now, do you think will carry carry through post pandemic? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think post pan uh, before the pandemic, uh, pre pandemic, uh, people were doing the fist pump. You know, they were just knocking their their fists because uh, well, even before COVID, <laughs> yeah, even before the um, uh, COVID came, there were people that were saying, yeah, you know, when you cough in your hands, I mean, when when you're in the food handling business, uh, if I did, you know, uh, visit the Kachina. Actually, there's really no high-fiving or handshaking in the kachina among the employees. But even with um, my day-to-day -day routine, a lot of other subcontractors um, or other subcontractors, employees that would come and work at our job sites, uh, we we're either wearing work clothes. But a lot of time, a lot of people just fist pump, um, especially when it was just regular cold season. Yeah. So, you know, now there's the uh, foot tap, you know, or, or elbow bump. I think that's going to continue. I think there's a lot yeah. of people that continue that because it's uh, it's it's just taking care of yourselves and and again uh, it's another precaution. But I think uh, the elbow bump and the fist pump and maybe the foot tap is going to be something that we'll we'll keep on doing. Um, yeah. Do you think we'll go th of all out of this and being slightly more paranoid of too close to interaction with other people? You know what I'm trying to say? Um, like, like, like shaking hands. There's going to be a, a bit uh, of, of keeping that enforced. I mean, I'll tell you right now, as much as I love, you know, talking with my bank teller or, or the cashier at Metro, I think it's a fabulous idea that they put up those plexiglass shields. I mean, they're not, they're not for, you know, security theft measures. It's more for, you know, the transference of, of uh, viral bacteria um, passing in the air. I think that's something that should be maintained. Um, yeah, I would agree. You know, yeah, I, I think uh, the banks and the, the grocery store should maintain that after all this is done. I mean, they've made the investment to do so, uh, but I think it's it's wise. I think we're going to see a lot more electronic uh, transfer of funds, uh, debit taps or credit cards, and you're going to see less and less cash being used. Um, uh, and I think it's it's uh, going to be a positive note um, on that. And um, 
yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of things that will carry on through just because it makes common sense. Yeah. Um, and it's really not inhibiting us to be social. I mean, you know, next to, I'm kind of a social huggy kind of guy. So at my yoga studio, or I say my yoga studio, but at Dundas Yoga and Fitness, uh, Antoinette and her team, you know, after, uh, you know, maybe we see each other in passing, you know, or give each other a hug or, you know, that that is something that I kind of miss that hasn't happened in a, in a while. But, you know, even when I do yoga, um, which I try to maintain twice a week, it was a routine I had with Dundas Hot Yoga. They're offering it through Zoom. So, yeah, I think uh, I've seen that on, uh, I follow them on Facebook. Uh, I see they post when their classes are and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think hugs will come back, but, you know, uh, handshakes, uh, especially with people in passing, are going to be just more of the elbow tap and fist bump. <laughs> yeah, which is a little weird for me because, you know, I was always raised and taught, you know, you look a person in the eye, you shut their hand nice and firm, uh, yeah. a, a quote, gentleman's handshake. And, yeah, I was always taught that that's how you greeted, that was respect. Um, but now it's like, nah, I don't think I need to. I think Howie Mandel has it right. I don't need to touch you. And yeah. Unless we're great friends and then we hug. So, and then it's, sure. I'll share, I'll share whatever I have with you regardless. So, yeah. 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 Cool. Well, Dave, uh, yeah, an hour there. I appreciate your time. We'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah. well, thanks uh, for having me, Travis. I appreciate it. It's been, yeah. uh, been great to interact and have a conversation with you. I know we've tried a few times to have before this pandemic, we try to get together for coffees and, uh, this has been a great way to connect with you. Well, I've got you tied down. You can't leave the house, so it's uh, easier to get a hold of you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we'll do coffees and beers and pizzas uh, here in the near future when we're let outside. Sure. Well, if you ever need a, a, a door knock and drop of a delivery, rest assured you'll be delivered some uh, some uh, healthy food. Cool. We're, uh, we are kind of craving pizzas. Uh, and our other, besides our paranoia, our other hesitation is Susan and I uh, – year and a half now we've both gone vegan um, oh yeah so and and then i'm lactose so cheese cheese is uh, uh an issue but uh the crate the well, craving the started to speak for itself cheese is probably one of the best options we have a lot of vegans that have called in and and uh they uh i think the most popular one because it's a double zero flour but uh it's all fresh produce vegetables from fids yeah. no cheese yeah uh the primavera with no cheese is uh ah. um, the number one seller or might have to hit you up then. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. Dave. Have a Take great day. Care. Talk soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.